G'day and welcome to the third episode of The Wrap. Uh, today we've got a massive show. We've got a little bit of Trump, a little bit of beta male, a little bit of Andos breaking down the latest in the Tristan Thompson Kardashian curse. The usual suspects are here. I've got the boys, the homies, the slap gang. Let's do it. Uh, Andos, how are you today, mate? I'm a bit sick today and also a little bit ill. So, uh... <laughs> Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Dukes, uh, as always. Good Dukes mate. is in stripes. If no one uh, can tell, if you're listening to this on the podcast, despite our stylist telling Dukes stay away from stripes, particularly horizontal stripes, but he's decided to go the verticals today. Dukes, how are you going? Good, mate. Good. He's going well. <laughs> um, as I said, we've got an action-packed show, but we're going to kick it off as per usual um, with a little bit of jumping to conclusions. Um, we haven't really prepared much this week. Uh, you mm-hmm. may see this, but you may not. You may not be able to tell. Dukes uh, is going to kick it off. Dukes, what is your jumping to conclusions? Um, jumping to conclusions, Blue, Blu-rays, not a thing. And I don't think it was ever a thing. I saw them selling them in JB Hi-Fi. Wonder why. I don't know anyone who buys them. Blu-ray? Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Don't know who watches Blu-rays. I think they are... Are you talking about like relevant? Blu-ray DVDs? Yeah, Blu-ray DVDs. I, I don't know why they're a thing. thing. I don't think they ever were a thing. But they're still so you've getting So you've been hyping up your conclusion for the past hour. And you've come out with this garbage. Okay, that was pretty well hot trash. Anyway, uh, Andos, what's yours? Um, how about we go to yours first, mate? Because I'm still undecided about what Andos is still thinking it. Um, okay, I've got mine. Um, it's time we... Got rid of the RBA. Reserve Bank of Australia. Yeah, the Reserve Bank. Mm-hmm. Andos, what's yours? Um, my conclusion is that I think you could scientifically prove the Kardashian curse is real. <laughs> Kardashian curse, for anyone who doesn't know, is that when an NBA star is dating a Kardashian... Well, anyone really. Or anyone really, they become hot trash. Just in all aspects. Just a bad just I think you could scientifically prove that to be true. Well, I'd love to, you, I'd love to hear your scientific method on that one. Okay, near and I'll scientifically break that down. Are we happy to give that to Andos again? <laughs> yeah, we can give it to <laughs> once, Andos again. Once again, you two serve up some hot trash. And I've left the impromptu scraps. But you know what? I think you can do it. Okay, alrighty. Alright, well, uh, we're going to kick it off with the domestic story. Um, Dougal, as updated the format as you would know from last week uh so we're doing domestic story then we're going to mix it up then we're going to do a little bit of an international story but with the splattering of beta males of the week just mixed among along the way along the way just to keep the ru- the uh, viewers engaged and the just this is entertaining just thinking is this get the beta male is it <laughs> is it who knows it's a mystery it's a little bit like a uh, agatha christie everyone's a character <laughs> everyone's a suspect who done it? <laughs> Who done it? Who did it? We're about to find out. So we're going to kick it off this week with uh, the resignation of uh, Jay Bish. No ring, all swish. Julie Bishop. Um, Julie Bishop has resigned from the seat of Curtin after 21 years in Parliament. You could say uh, the Curtin's closing on this career but for Jay Bish. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. So she ends a run of 21 <laughs> years in Parliament. Um comes months after she quit her role as foreign minister. So she quit that after a failed leadership coup where she scored, well, if we're going to do a scorecard, she got 11 votes out of 85, uh, including her own. So <laughs> it was really 10 out of 85. 
Um, Maybe like 84. Yeah, well, I guess so. Still not great odds. Still not Whichever great. way you look at it, not great odds for JB. Anyway, so Scott Morrison had, a, had a, a quote, and this potentially could be our next Prime Minister with the way things are shaping up after kind of the debacle Scott's Bill Shorten has had over his uh, Nauru decision. Well, he is the Prime Minister. He is the Prime Minister. He's not the, he's not the next one. He is yeah, I mean, after the next election, you know what I mean. Anyway, Scott Scomo comes out with a cracker. He said, quote, her successor will have big shoes to fill, and we know that Julie has big shoes. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> big socks. Big socks. Yeah, we know that, but yeah, that's a, it's a bizarre quote from ScoMo, but um, real sensitive, I, th- I think. Nice male touch on the issue. Well, so I thought, um, in, in light of in light of uh, Julie's resignation, we might go through a bit of her highlights and lowlights. A bit of good Julie, bad Julie. Good Julie, bad Julie. Great segment. <laughs> um, so we're going to kick it off with bad Julie because we're doing this in threes and there's two bads and one good. So uh, the Clinton Foundation controversy, as you, our listeners will know, we're massive fans of the Clintons. Shout out to Shet and Seth Rich. They get a lot of um, real estate in this podcast. They get, a, they get a massive amount of real estate. And you know, this segment all ties in quite, actually quite nicely with, um, yeah. with our last Russia segment. Cool, so um, Clinton Foundation controversy. So uh, by December 28, sorry, by December 2008, the Clinton Foundation had reported that Australia was its largest Western government donor. Um, Under Bishop, it had reached 130 mil. Yeah, and we're not even like a big Western country. There's a lot of Western countries that are way bigger. It's an absolute travesty that we're the biggest donator. So we should recognise the fact that the Clinton Foundation is still under FBI investigation. Um, as it should be. As it should be. <laughs> but not under Andy McCabe and... Um, uh, Mr. Como. Mr. Como <laughs> and okay. Co. So we should go back. Uh, we should go back to the 20, 22nd of February 2006. The Foreign Minister Alexander Downer and Bill Clinton signed a $25 million uh, Memorandum of Understanding, triggering the first round of Australian donations to Clinton Foundation. Now, the... Clinton Foundation recipient entity was a Clinton Foundation HIV slash AIDS initiative. Now, Australian due, due diligence failed to detect that the entity did not hold the necessary US authority to operate in the treatment of HIV slash AIDS. So we've got a body designed to treat HIV slash AIDS, which it's not allowed to do. <laughs> kind of like a doctor not allowed to practice medicine. Almost exactly that. Um, <laughs> so we, we should also recognise that it was less than a year later well, really about a year later, the entity was wound up by the Massachusetts corporate regulator, effective 31st of December 2007. So that was a quick wrap-up. Mm-hmm. You like, want to talk uh, about a wrap? It's just like the, the doctor that's not Dr. Hibbert on The Simpsons. I think it's Dr. Ned, I think his name is the big crazy Dr. doctor. Nick. Dr. Nick. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Nick, yeah. So, um, but this is great because you should remember that, uh, I didn't really cover this in the Russia Gate, but Alexander Downer was the guy who uh, supposedly tipped off George Papadopoulos, who was working on the Trump campaign. And... So George Papadopoulos and Alexander Downer met for a couple of drinks one night uh, and Alexander Downer then reported back to the FBI that George Papadopoulos had indicated that they had got uh, information from the Russians regarding the Clintons. So now you've got... So, now, <laughs> so we go back to 2006. Old mate Downsy and Bill, Bill the, uh, the Clintos uh, were signing memorandums of understanding the 25 mil to the Clinton Foundation. So you can see that everyone's kind of friends here in this type of situation, aren't they? Anyways, deep state tentacles. Deep state tentacles. So um, under Bishop, it reached $130 million. We don't like that. That's bad. That's bad, Julie. Especially, I think we probably had a decent deficit 
Wait, what, what, what time was this? 2000, so uh, that was 2006. So 2006. So we were, in the green, we were okay We then. were in the green then. We were in the green then. People were starting to get sloppy with the money. Mm. Anyway, so that's bad Julie. Bad Julie. Cool, good Julie. Uh, Julie Bishop, according to Julian Assange's Australian lawyer. Um, good Julie. Good Julie. This is good Julie. Great Helped Julie. Jay Assange get the passport. This is recent. This is very recent. So it's actually went uh, quite underreported because we know that the Australian media isn't actually a big fan of Julian Assange. They don't like Australian citizens. They don't like helping Australian citizens in trouble. No, they don't. They don't. They're, they're a massive fan of helping uh, people from like Iran and stuff. Yeah, the, the ISIS footballer. Come yeah. back. The footballer. They don't mind the footballer who's stuck overseas, but Julian Assange, who's been in the Ecuadorian embassy since what, uh, 2012, um, who's super sick as well he's not in good nick as you can imagine when he's confined to a an embassy uh really lack of natural sunlight amongst other things as well as stress of not knowing your status um yeah thanks a lot but um good julie good julie now obviously took her a while took her a while fairness she wasn't really in charge in 2012 that wasn't really her call but it's taken a while, and I think she should have taken probably a more public stance on it. But that being said, helping him get the passport, I think it's good Julie. Can we agree? Good Julie. Uh, we should remember that. Uh, so Julian is saying it's the reason why he had to go and find um, asylum was because he was trying to be extradited by the Swedish government for rape allegations. Those have since been dropped. Uh, but also he was uh, under investigation by the FBI, no less. Um, and the CIA for his role in leaking uh, information regarding the US in uh, army in Iraq. So mm -hmm. what Julian Assange did and WikiLeaks was they leaked a whole bunch of information which suggested that the Iraq war was not exactly as it was being reported. It was actually a fair bit more gruesome. There were some enhanced interrogation techniques as we like to call them, as well as a whole bunch of Iraqi civilians uh, being killed. So. That's why he was originally under investigation by the FBI and US. And now, of course, you have the hacking of the DNC. So WikiLeaks released the information that was allegedly taken by the Russians. I don't think it was the Russians. I think it was actually Seth Rich or it was someone close to the campaign. Because as I mentioned last time, the USB downloads, the download speed of the emails was too fast for it to be done over the internet, particularly by Russians. You would, like, that's too far away. Because um, you should proximity is actually quite important when you're doing cyber attacks. Um, so yeah, that's why Assange is in the Ecuadorian embassy because he thinks as well that if he leaves, the the, the actual the Swedish allegation was only propped up as a means by which to get him extradited to the US. So that was his allegation, and I reckon he's got pretty good grounds for that. And mm. um, the FBI want to sting Assange with this uh, in conjunction with helping with the Russians. Um, but I reckon it was really. Yeah, they've got they got to take a long hard look in the mirror. You guys are okay with that analysis? Mm -hmm. You want to jump in, Dukes, or is that? No, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. It was good, Julie, getting the passport. But we know the best Julie is in the Ecuadorian embassy. That's right. I was going to make that joke, but uh, <laughs> it's all right. You have that one, Dukes. You have that one. <laughs> Early bird gets the good worm. Okay, so we've got uh, Assange, and we're a big fan of Assange, but at least I am on this program. Like Julie, great hair. Great, he does have great hair, doesn't great he? Great hair. He's got grey and great hair. Okay. Now, uh, bad Julie to top it all Again, off. Uh, we're going to talk about... Bad Julie. Bad Julie. So, Julie Bishop said relatively recently, um, it's not except in, in reference to the Liberal Party. So, obviously, gender quotas have come up uh, a fair bit quite recently. 
So um, particularly ABC journos really love bang on about the gender quotas. And love quotas. They love quotas there. Um, Julie Bishop said, uh, it's not acceptable for our party in relation to Liberals to contribute to the fall in Australia's ratings from 15th in the world in terms of female parliamentary representation in 1999 to 50th today. So I guess the implication there is, is that the representation is not acceptable, so therefore it needs rectification. And to do that, it, if you left it organically, would mean mm. is kind of suggesting that the Liberal Party is a sexist and that it needs to be rectified. And so that kind of implicitly means quotas. Such mm. affirmative action, mm. would that be? Now, I'd say two things there. Firstly, to Julie, I would say... Mm, Listen ...brings up, into question your core feminist values. If you were a real feminist, in my eyes, you would say uh, women would be able to get there on their own merit. Mm. Not that women need artificial help to get there. Particularly from the blokes. Particularly from the blokes. Um, a lot of women believe that they're good enough, um, so therefore they should make it to the top. Now the second thing that I would say to Julie, which is related to this, is that there was, it was kind of a joke she made on a segment of a TV show, um, but I don't think it was a joke. Everyone kind of laughed and smiled and gave each other, it was like a, the girls around the table singing Kumbaya. Bit, when, of, um, bit of the view action. Like the, the view. Yes. When, and Whoopi Julie Goldberg. says, Julie says, yeah, you know, I feel like women don't get, um, you know, enough airtime in, in the cabinet meeting rooms. They don't get, their voices aren't heard enough. They're not respected. So when a woman says anything in the cabinet or has an idea, I just support it regardless of what it is. Now, you're getting that from the, vi the, the deputy prime minister uh, who just supports willy-nilly ideas in the cabinet room based on the genitalia of the person who says it. Um, now, that's not what we vote them in for. That's a bit of uh, ideology creeping its way in. That's exactly and what I'd say we that's, would not happen. That's a bit of um, that's a bit of bad, Julie. A bit of because, bad, Julie. Because if you argue that that's appropriate, then you shouldn't be upset if all the blokes back what the other blokes say. Sure. Matter of principles. Andos, what do you reckon? Throw in on the gender quotas. Oh, I think you guys covered it quite well, to be honest. <laughs> Thanks, um, Andos. Thanks, mate. Um, it's bad, Julie. That's, There's that's no question it's bad, Julie. And she's, it's, she can do better. That's the problem. We've seen that... Um, she's got she's got some good stuff that she can do, i.e. the uh, Assange things. So she does have the capability to do good, especially in a prominent seat of power in the government. Um, so she needs to do better. She, she should be better. And what we were going to say as well, um, Duke, I remember you brought this up when we were having a chat, was that we really hope that she doesn't just end up on the board of some Clinton charity. Because like if she did, Julia I, Gillard did. Now, Julia Gillard's got a hot seat in the Clinton Foundation after being in the government which also donated a lot of money to the Clinton Foundation. So she chills back, best mates with Hillary. They're both uh, boss girls, girl bosses, uh, empowered. They make sisters, their, doing <laughs> this for themselves. Um, making cash money um, by being a whole lot of corrupt is what it looks like. Um, so yeah, if... Julie Bishop, Bishop ends up taking any Clinton-related position after she retires. You bet your bottom dollar we'll be marching in the streets. We'll be starting petitions. We'll be making posters. <coughs> and uh, we'll, see what, we'll see what we can do to yeah, get it. Yeah, she better not. She better not. If she... Yeah. That would be another bad Julie segment. That's what she'd get. She'd get a bad Julie podcast. All right. 
Let's keep it on. Keep, keep, we got to be now, conscious of time. We got to be conscious of time. Okay. Now, before we go on to the international story, which will be Trump's national emergency, we're going <laughs> to do Trump's we're done. going to do a smaller international story, but one that's probably much more entertaining. This is the story of Jussie Smollett, aka Doctor J, because he's been doctoring some hate crimes. Now, he's also been smoking them J's. He's also now, been slam dunking the been, fake news. If you haven't been paying <laughs> attention to the news, there's a guy uh, in America. He's famous for being an actor on the TV show Empire, um, Jussie Smollett. Now, he alleges about a week ago he got attacked in like midnight in Chicago by two white guys wearing Make America Great Again hats. <laughs> who spotted him walking home in the night, this black guy walking home in the night, spotted him, went up, went up, had a noose and bleach on them, tied him up in the noose, poured bleach on him, yelled, this is MAGA country, and then ran away. Now- He was on the phone to someone, wasn't he? Jussie Smollett comes out in an interview post-alleged attack, and I'm gonna read you a few quotes, just so you can really understand the vibe. He says, it feel, he says, um, <clears throat> Kamala Harris called it a modern day lynching Jussie came out and said if they, they get to go free go about their life and possibly attack someone else and I'm here left with the aftermath of this bull that's not cool to me that's not okay um, <clears throat> now what we find out later is that Jussie had paid two black guys not white guys three and a half grand each uh, with the promise of an extra 500 bucks each to do it to him. Jussie paid for the bleach, paid for the rope, uh, and had orchestrated the whole thing. Now, this comes after Jussie, a few weeks ago, had sent himself a racist letter, which also came out recently as a result of this investigation, um, calling him, uh, you know, because he's black and because he's gay, throwing, th he's calling himself all these homophobic terms and in the racist letter. Slurs. Racist slurs. Um, and he says, post, he said in an interview, I want a little gay boy to see that I fought effing back. I fought back against these white guys. Now, there's a few things most people could notice were a bit suspicious uh, in the attack. First of all, what were two white men with MAGA hats <laughs> doing at nighttime in Chicago? In the now, most dangerous city in America. The most dangerous Chirac. city in America. It's the most dangerous city in the world, I think, maybe even ahead of Syria, the Syrian cities. In terms like, of number of fatalities. In terms of number of fatalities, you'd, homicides, you'd rather yeah. be in Aleppo than in Chicago. Um, now, so first of all, that's strange. And we know that almost all black people are Democrats in America, yeah. the overwhelming majority. It's north of 95%. Dropping um, down now, but it's north of 90 And so... To wear a MAGA hat in Chicago, nobody does that. At 12 a.m. <laughs> At 12 a.m. Nobody does that. Um, second of all, you're sleeping. Second of all, there are no Trump supporters who watch Empire. Yeah. So why on earth would they be able to recognise Smollett, especially at night? Now, third and final thing is that tying on from the fact that no Trump supporters watch Empire, they wouldn't know that. Uh, this is MAGA country line from Empire because nobody watches it. That might be more believable to say make America great again or this is America but they wouldn't say this is MAGA country because no MAGA supporters watch the damn show. Yeah, if you so, Smollett 
Smollett, however you want to say it, Dr. J, is up for, he's getting prosecuted now for, uh, for class um, 4 felony charge, disorderly conduct, and for filing a false police report. Now, after Kamala Harris and Cory Booker called it a modern-day lynching, uh, a whole lot of celebrities came out in support of Jussie, um, said he was, you know, the victim of racism, uh, blah, blah, blah. Now, when asked about it, they say we're still waiting for the facts to come in. Now, one celebrity I will give a bit of credit to is Trevor Noah, who said that initially when the story was breaking, um, we were supporting Jussie because he was a victim uh, of uh, homophobia and racism, um, and we liked him, you know, we supported him, but now we're judging him uh, on just being an asshole. That's what, that's what Trevor Noah said, that's the quote. Um, and so we're judging him on the content of his character rather than the colour of his skin, and that's progress. So we get good work, Trevor Noah. Not I'm often. not going to give him a good work. Not often we no, get a good work no, from I'm Trevor. not going to give Trevor a good work because I'm going to jump in here. I'm sorry, but he was he loves jumping in on the bandwagon when this type of stuff happens, and he did initially as well. So it's not good enough for me to say in hindsight after more information comes out. Oh yeah, now uh, actually yeah he's he's done something wrong here. From the outset, you need to, like this was out out of a movie. This you wouldn't even people if you were watching this. Jesse Smollett's recollection of what happened in the cinemas, you'd say to your mate, okay, now this is just getting a little bit out of hand. This is MAGA country, are you kidding? No one says that, <laughs> right? You would say, this is getting a bit ridiculous. So I think anyone with t- two seconds of scepticism would say, mm. um, No, I would say that you need to analyse, um, you need to analyse Noah's response in the context of a lot of other celebrities. Because almost all the other celebrities are saying, yeah, well, this, this, um, hate crime might have been fake but it's in the context of millions of other hate crimes which are going up it's a president that's racist you know there's so many other hate crimes going on he's still the victim because he's gay and black yeah. um, and you know what the last point I'd say on this is that um, a key part of the alleged hate crime was the fact that the two guys were white right now can we imagine if the key part of it was that they were black. People would be like, "Oh, that's that might even they might even say it's racist by just reporting the fact that they're black." As we know that uh, in England, there's police that don't report on um, you know the Pakistani um, you know rape cases. Well, in Sweden, di- in Sweden, they do the same thing. They refuse because, to collect statistics because, on crime on, uh, on the basis of because race they though. might be because they might be considered racist. Now, even in the aftermath. Uh, nobody's apologising to the MAGA supporters. Nobody's apologising to Trump supporters or or white people. Uh, they're still saying white people are oppressing black people, um, and it's a bit it's a bit rich. I have to say, it's a bit rich. Well, I'm just going to come. I'm just going to say uh, I don't want to give like this kind of relative morality where we say, well, in the context of other uh, Hollywood people, Trevor Noah gets kind of a, a good mark. I'll say, well, his mark still sucks. He got a 65 and everyone else got a 20. Um, I am not surprised. But what we should do, um, there is a compilation of all the reactions to the Jesse Smollett case. Now, Mark Dice put it up. Uh, We're going to give a shout out to Mark Dice for doing that. Uh, We're going to put the compilation up of all the reactions. Um, You should see, see, you're not going to believe some of this. Uh, It is unbelievable. Andos, why don't you chime in? I think my main thing is, I think Jesse Smollett... Like, personally, I hadn't heard who the heck he was before <laughs> before this. I think if the rationale 
to go after like if you were gonna commit a hate crime and go after a famous black person, I don't think you'd go after Jussie Smollett, which is one thing that sort of comes to mind. Even if you're looking at the Empire cast, you'd go for someone like Terrence Howard or someone like that who's actually got a bit of clout. Like <laughs> Jussie Smollett isn't like practically an extra. He's practically an extra. You you just obviously think you're some you're something else if you think people are committing hate crimes against you and faking it and people believing it's real. Like, come on, you're getting too big for your boots, mate. The rumour was that he was getting written out of the show. So this was the rumour going around, that he was getting written out of the show and that uh, this was a way for him to kind of elevate himself in the well, cast. He has been notes. written out now. So um, the police are coming out and saying that the motive for the attack was that he wanted to get paid more. Same as the motive for the letter. Um, might be true. Probably part of it. Um, I also think he just wants to develop the victimhood narrative. The oppressive, the I think he's, narrative. he's also got to be something mentally. Um, that's Trump derangement syndrome at the max. Mm-hmm. TDS. All right, let's move right. on. Now, international it. story. Speaking of the Trump stuff, we're doing Trump's national emergency. Ooh. So, tr- after failing to secure funding uh, in the House for five to six billion dollars for a border wall, uh, you know, we know the famous shutdown that happened over that for I think twenty-one days. Trump's declared a national emergency to unlock billions of dollars in federal funds to build a wall on the southern border, bypassing Congress after lawmakers refused to meet his multi-billion dollar request for wall funds. Now, you usually call national emergencies for like a war or an international crisis, uh, natural disaster. Basically, a national emergency gives the president power to divert funds away from other causes and concentrate them on, you know, whatever the emergency is. Um, so he's done that for building a wall. Trump says it's a great thing to do because we have an invasion of drugs, an invasion of gangs, and an invasion of people, and it's unacceptable. Just a relevant fact is that in 2018, Customs and Border Protection apprehended nearly 400,000 people along the southwest border. Um, you know, that's probably not all the people that crossed. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, essentially what happens when someone crosses the border the border protection agents, if they can, go and catch them, write their name down, let them go back into America, and then hopefully see them in court two to three years later because the court system's so clogged up, and then guess what? You never see them again. Uh, so that's, that's what usually happens. So Trump's declared a national emergency. Um, now, this national emergency happened, he called it concurrently, with signing a spending bill, which allocated $1.375 billion dollars uh, for 55 more miles of fencing along the southern border. Um, but he wants, you know, a full six billion, so that's why it's called the national emergency. Um, and so altogether, he's going to get about $8 billion, hopefully. Now, Democrats have already said that they're going to challenge the national emergency in the courts. Trump says there's a good chance he will, his national emergency um, funds will get rejected on the Ninth Circuit courts. Uh, and hopefully after they get appealed enough times, it'll go to the Supreme Court where they'll give him a favorable ruling. Um, now it has some bipartisan criticism. Uh, naturally, Democrat House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer have criticized uh, the national emergency for not really being an emergency, but using it for politics. Um, and it's also been criticized by Rand Paul and Marco Rubio. Now, I am quite sympathetic with the with the with the naysayers 
with criticisms. Um, it's, well, you know, it might be up for debate how, to what extent it's really uh, a national emergency. I'm not 100% sold that you get to call a national emergency on this. Um, I feel like it's a little bit unconstitutional. Um, the constitution is set up in such a way that it doesn't really dictate what things get passed, but it, it, it dictates how things get passed, how things come into action. Um, and so when you bypass the constitution, you know, with the Senate and the House and the President and how they interrelate and how you pass legislation uh, for political purposes, and if you fix the camera, I then get nervous that future governments are going to use this as a precedent um, to, you know, do bad, to, to do bad things, essentially, to do whatever they want uh, without the consent of, um, you know, Congress uh, and by extension, the American people. That's my initial reaction, is scepticism. Mm. Are you going to support the Trump man on this one? I'm mixed. I'm mixed on it. Because what I would say is, and it's something I mentioned last week, the first obligation of any state is to ensure its own borders. Um, I think estimates have suggested that anywhere between 15 and 30 million illegal immigrants currently reside in the US, the majority of which are Mexican. Um, you can also recognise the fact that there is a significant drug and gang-related problem in the United States. Uh, there is, it is no secret that the, some of the most dangerous gangs are Mexican gangs. Um, that being said, um, and also you, you have all, all the costings associated, like you talk about wage growth, for example. Um, a massive drag on wage growth is when you have somewhere between 15 and 30 million illegal immigrants working for less than the minimum wage because they can't actually go on the minimum wage because they're not actual migrants. Um, cash in hand. Cash in hand. So that obviously drives real wages down. Now, uh, it's uh, as you mentioned, it's totally unconstitutional. And uh, this is where my main scepticism lies. You say, well, we say, well, it is a situation with the border, um, but the facts are not widely agreed upon. Um, mm -hmm. You wouldn't say that it is a formal invasion from the Mexican government. The Mexican government has not declared that we are going to invade the United States. Mm -hmm. um, and so in this... There have been many historical examples of where the, the government has circumvented the, the, the laws that define what its powers are. Um, but I don't think that in this instance it was the right way to go. My, what I would have done is the Republican base is fired up about the wall. They want the wall. Okay, and I have a feeling that all, and you saw this in the midterms, the, the Republicans in the midterms, which did not back Trump, got smashed. Okay, they all, they pretty much all went. So this is why his, his majority went as well. Um, I, would, I would wait until the next election, hopefully get a, enough in the House, and then try and pass it through there. That's what I would have done. Um, I think some, at this point in time, there's a, about 51 current uh, states of emergency so it does get it, it's not um, totally uncommon for a state of emergency to be called mm -hmm. uh, and to be continuing as well mm -hmm. uh, you go back even so you go back to I think it was Abraham Lincoln or something in uh, the Civil War um, like there are obviously rules and regulations that get bypassed he suspended habeas corpus mm -hmm. um, I'm mixed on it 
sure. if it is a genuine emergency and sure. then it should be up to the american people really to put in uh candidates who are going to act on it then yeah um so i don't like uh, i don't really like it from trump now what i see uh, why I say it might set a dangerous precedent is let's say Democrats win in 2020 or 2024. Um, let's say they declare a national emergency for climate change. Yeah. Um, divert all America's resources into fighting climate change. America's, you know, they're up, uh, they're up a bad creek. Well, that would place. be the Green New Deal. Well, that would be the Green New Deal. That would be right? the Green New Deal. And so then we're in a whole lot of trouble. So I don't like the fact that Trump has, <laughs> at this point, almost legitimized that future potentiality. It is the, it's the nuclear option in, in politics. Yeah. It's the nuclear option. And particularly if you don't have the entirety of your own party support, it is a, it is a tough sell. Sure. And so Rand Paul is essentially the, the sitting uh, libertarian guy in mm-hmm. the Republican Party, if there is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marco Rubio is fairly, I would say, hard right, in the sense that he's reasonably conservative, mm-hmm. um, far more so than a lot of the kind of rhino Republicans you find in, in the Republican Party. Um, it, and, but it also still doesn't guarantee the wall. Yeah, it doesn't guarantee doesn't the wall. Guarantee the wall. So there is obviously checks and balances to the emergency. Mm-hmm. I'm mixed on it. Um, I don't think it's great, Trump. Yeah. I don't. I am sympathetic to the argument though that it does secure the borders. That's got to be the mm-hmm. first obligation of any state. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay. mixed. Fifty-fifty now, from Camo. I'd like Andos uh, to give us a quick go on John Blake, CNN, stop whites blaming racism to me while we're on international stories give us the cnn take so once again it's uh another meme that we found off your lord and savior instagram that once again i thought was fake news <laughs> you look but at it and you think that's got to be a meme that has got to be something that's got to be the fake news added again nice meme off a meme page but no it's like that scene in uh, the other guys you know when will ferrell's going to mark Wahlberg, he says First glance, it's FBI. <laughs> Second glance, female body inspector. Get out of town. Are you serious? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> John Blake, CNN, blown it out of the water, pulled a Chauncey de Vega from oh, last week. God damn. Stop white-splaining racism to me, is the title of the article, with a big photo of Liam Neeson at the top. Not sure how I feel about that, to be honest, but... Um, it starts, the article starts, it goes, health officials issue public warnings about spikes in everything, from the flu to the measles, but there is one contagion authorities are ignoring. We are facing another outbreak of white-splaining. Not white-splaining. Anything but white-splaining. <laughs> oh, for the love of God. So, for those who don't know what white-splaining is, it's an affliction that's triggered when some white people hear a person of colour complain about racism. Right. It's it's on par with the flu and the measles. If you didn't know, oh no, it's, no, 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 it's it's on par with meningococcal, meningococcal, uh, Hep B. It's the uh, the brother of mansplaining, which is also a very hot topic, something a national emergency we might need to be mm-hmm. uh, looking at. But Blake says the implication of white splaining is that these white people know more about how racism operates than those who've struggled against it for much of their lives. Right. So it's pretty much. The article goes on, it goes on, it also talks about how especially white men are uh, just vulnerable to white-splaining and do it a lot, even sometimes without them knowing. But mm, Stay in your lane, white people. White stay in unconscious bias. Check yourself. Yep, so he says, but there are different strains of white-splaining, but what unites them all is the belief that white people are more qualified to decide what's racist and what's not. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
So strong candidacy for Fatima of the week. It also talks about how um, white people also define what beauty is, what sta- like other standards such as that in society, mm-hmm. especially so, white. So males. what you get, it's a, it's a very nice tactic where you say <clears throat> you're racist and you don't get to have a say on what racism is because you, you are the problem. Number one, you, you don't know what racism is. Second thing is, you're most of the time you don't even know you're doing it. Mm. So you've got a situation where you can't talk about something that you don't know what's happening, uh, you don't know anything about it, and you don't even know you're doing it. <laughs> it's convenient, isn't it? Now, so I, was, I read the comments on this. Now, um, What's his name? Sean? John Blake. John Blake. So John Blake on Twitter um, posted this article, and he got a bunch of comments with, the, with some scepticism, as you can imagine, <laughs> by some of the viewers. Uh, and then someone said... Um, would you regard this as a analysis level piece? Does this count as news analysis? John Blake replied, I hope so. Well, yes. it says on, <laughs> on CNN.com, it says, stop white-splaining racism to me. Analysis by John Blake, CNN. Well, there we go. I love yeah. how it's analysis. There's not one fact in there. There's not one you know what it is? It's, it's, it's like Scientology or um, it's something where you have to, you have to buy into this conceptual conceptualization of framework of society being different structures of power uh, based on group identities and if you buy into that then it makes sense but if you don't buy into it it's a whole load of mumbo jumbo well friedrich hayek right friedrich hayek who was one of the great economist yeah austrian economist he he says well why do intellectuals drift towards socialism Right, and and one of his arguments is well, intellectuals he defines people who de- deal in ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Secondhand dealers in ideas, primary, primarily. He said, well, one of the assumptions that they make is that these intellectuals um, operate on the assumption that they have to explain somehow why the world works the way it is, right? And so there's one explanation where you can say, for instance, this is what some Austrian libertarians would say. Well, there's an innumerable amount of dynamic forces which are at play. And no one thing is exactly responsible for something else. So there are a whole range of reasons why some, an outcome might uh, take place. Um, for example, you say, well, why uh, were the Japanese so poor before 1600? Well, one of the, one of the reasons was um, they couldn't trade because the invention of bo- like the boats weren't capable of getting to them. And uh, as well, the invention of air travel didn't allow them to trade, whatever. And they adopted an isolationist policy. Another one, no explanation would be well, white people were racist, they didn't want to go to Japan, right? So these intellectuals have this affection for explaining the way everything is in a really simplistic means. And it often means that they have the solution as well. So it's much easier to say, well, uh, black support because white people are racist and they just say well there are a number of factors you have minimum wage you have uh, the breakdown of the family you have the civil rights movement which actually made it harder for them to get jobs you have you know, all this thing it's much easier to explain something relatively simply uh, than it is to mm. say well I don't That's really what, know uh, exactly. Winston Churchill said the biggest mistake of historians in writing history is applying simple motives to historical actors mm. I think your analysis is right there Alex except you calling John Blake an intellectual that's something I would disagree upon <laughs> I don't think he's well, it's pseudo-intellectual. He's a pseudo-intellectual. Um, so yes. He's a, a beta male. I don't think he takes okay, out so the he gets, he gets, he gets he a gets strong a nomination. He gets a good gig. So he gets a nomination. Um, so I'll then take on the second story uh, for beta male of the week. And oh, well, that's the it's part of a big story. It's part yeah. of a big story. Um, so the big story is that <clears throat> conspiracy theorist David Icke 
gets banned from Australia. He had an upcoming speaking tour. He came, he promised he's gonna blow your mind with a set of alternative facts. Um, some of them including that the world is run by um, part human, part lizard people. So the queen uh, allegedly is part lizard. I think uh, a lot of the presidents and prime ministers are part lizard, according to David Icke. He also uh, doesn't believe in the Holocaust. Mm. And this was the sticking point for the Australian government. So what happened was community groups such as the Anti-Defamation Commission and the Executive Council of Australian Jewry successfully lobbied Immigration Minister David Coleman to ban Mr Ike. So he doesn't get his visa. So he was banned this week, only a couple of days ago. Uh, his, his comment was, this is the creation of a blatantly Orwellian totalitarian state. And he says that the government believes, the Australian government currently believes they have the right to dictate uh, what the Australian people can and cannot choose to hear. Now, David, I would say I disagree with basically all of your content, but you are absolutely correct in principle. This is the creation of a government uh, that believes they can dictate what the Australian people can and cannot choose to hear. I would have a message to the Executive Council of Australian Jewry, uh, who lobbied to get his visa banned, which is that if you are concerned about discrimination and about being oppressed, uh, freedom of speech should be your number one priority. Um, because as long as you have freedom of speech and you can talk about exactly what's happening uh, and you make sure everybody's right to freedom of speech is protected, that is your biggest way of safekeeping your people, right? Because as soon as you get um, a real um, anti-Semitic government who might want to do bad things to you, to you, if there's a precedent of banning free speech, then guess what? You're in trouble. You're in trouble. It's in your vested interest to keep everybody's free speech protected so that when it comes to you, when you guys are in trouble, your free speech is protected as well. So the first of the three nominations for Bade Mail of the Week in this story goes to Immigration Minister David Coleman, who folded on free speech. Now, the second two get a combo nomination. Um, and these are two men who we usually like, respect, and who we think are usually right. Uh, that's Outsiders host Rowan Dean and Bolt Report host Andrew Bolt. Now, I only briefly saw this segment um, while well, I was just, you know, tottering around the house and our darling mother was watching Bolt Report. Um, and Bolt brought, on Rowan. After dark. Bolt brought on Rowan and he said to Rowan, what do you think about banning this guy, David Icke? And Rowan says, yeah, well, I think Holocaust denial is a special case and anyone that gets banned, sorry, anyone who denies a Holocaust shouldn't be allowed a visa into Australia. Now... Rowan, who has historically been a free speech crusader, um, based on the idea that free speech means free speech for everyone, not just free speech for people you agree with, in my opinion, has totally sold out. He's decided that free speech should be restricted by your own personal morality of what you think is socially acceptable to say. Uh, and by extension, should not be surprised if a Labor government uh, goes in and bans outsiders uh, for 
uh, you know, fancy. for being offensive. Now, if you think the Holocaust is offensive, therefore they shouldn't, you know, we should be banning visas to people or having government regulations surrounding what you can and can't say, <clears throat> the Labor or the Green idea of what's offensive is much more restrictive, uh, but it's the same in principle. You know, that you should be able to ban people based on what you personally think is, um, is offensive. Now, what I'd also say is that if you go to anywhere in Central Asia or, a lot of uh, or go to a, a lot of people in the Middle East, a lot of people tell you there's no evidence for the Holocaust. Now, I don't believe that, okay? I think most Australians who listen to credible historians uh, and who study history themselves will understand that the Holocaust did happen. Um, but nonetheless, there are hundreds of millions of people who don't believe that. You look at a nation like Turkey, uh, most of its inhabitants don't believe in the Armenian genocide. You look at a nation like Japan, um, most of the Japanese inhabitants don't believe in the massacre of Nanjing. Uh, does that mean we should go ahead and ban every coming speaker or citizen from Turkey or from Japan? Um, you know, it's like... <clears throat> You can't just make a mark in the sand here and say, well, this is where we're going to ban, ban people from coming in to talk into Australia. If you want to keep uh, freedom of speech alive, then you have to protect it for everybody. Because if you want to get the Darwins, if you want to get the Socrates, if you want to get uh, the Galileos, uh, you have to also accept the racists and the homophobes and everybody else. And you have to trust that the Demos society uh, will eventually get it right, they'll be able to sift through the BS and come to the right conclusions. Uh, and as far as we can tell, you don't get, uh, you, don't, you don't really believe in free speech as what we saw this week. Uh, so you get a nomination, Rowan. Bolt also gets a nomination for a weak defence where he just said, look, I know what you're saying, Rowan, but you know, I'm just not sure about banning. Bolt, that's, that's, that's weak. That's um, Andos in uh, Seattle. That's, mm. yeah, that, that's weak, that's beta. Um, so we've got... A uh, triple nomination for beta male of the week: David Coleman, Ron Dean, and Andrew Bolt. Well, I've actually got two two responses to that. Story. Oh, here we go. I love it when Andos chips in. Yeah. The here first, the first, of which is free Tyler the Creator. Let him come to Australia. He'd have some banging shows here. He's still banned for mis misogynistic comments or something. I don't know, but free Tyler. And the second of which is, I think it's somewhat dangerous because the dinguses who would consider Ike's ideology and go, maybe there are some lizard people, rather than. <laughs> Who would go to the show and be like, and some of them would go, probably BS, others would believe it or whatever. But by you banning Ike, I think it makes them go, he might be right. The lizard people are controlling me. Yeah. Let's get the lizard people out of here, Ike, like the king. So I think it's dangerous to be, you're almost supporting Ike's ideology and saying that like the people in charge are oppressing our free speech. Um, I think that's dangerous to have these dinguses empowered. I agree with you. I would say, um, I mean, Jordan Peterson often talks about the fact that in situations where uh, free speech is oppressed, the opinions which are, uh, uh, are uh, oppressed are not actually extinguished. They're actually allowed to grow and fester and uh, become inflamed in kind of an underground situation. And that what mm. you end up happening is a uh, revival, which is often far more dangerous, mm. far more radical than the original proposition. Well, what it actually, what's it, it, it is actually called, I think, is the Streisand effect. Yeah. Those of you might remember Barbara Streisand. She was in a local argument with, I think, some of the local press who kept videoing her house. So then she got into a big argument with them saying, stop videoing my damn house. 
Now, lo and behold, this became a national and international story where, yeah. whereby everybody saw this uh, Barbra Streisand's house. And yeah. this might be um, the latest incarnation of that effect. Well, the first thing, I just wanted to make the point, uh, I'm enormously sympathetic to the Jews. Okay, and we should make we should make that absolutely clear. And uh, you would be di- you want to talk about racism? It would be difficult to find a group of people more oppressed and more systematically discriminated against throughout history than the Jews. I don't think there is. I think they are number one. If you talk about proportion of the population and then proportion which get booted, exiled, executed, whatever, I think the Jews are. I reckon they could be daylight for a second. But uh, Dougal is absolutely right, and I'm happy to stick the boot into Rowan as well. I think Rowan deserves a massive touch up on this. Um, the old free speech for me, but not for thee, is so incredibly dangerous. And Dougal is absolutely right when he says that the best defence and the best friend of the Australian jury is free speech. Because if history is anything to go by, um, the Jews should not be surprised if they get discriminated against again. Uh, there is absolutely an anti-Semitic sentiment, if you look in, 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 particularly among the left. Um, you look at the Australian Labor Party, you look at the British Labor Party, Jeremy Corbyn is a noted anti-Semite. Um, you look at many members of the US Congress, which have uh, strong friendships with people like Louis Farrakhan mm-hmm. and uh, members of the uh, Islamic League in the United States. Uh, there is a serious threat to uh, Semitism mm-hmm. in, uh, in the West, particularly. Mm-hmm. So I would say, uh, you, ca- you guys have got to switch on here. Mm. The, the, the free speech is absolutely your number one best friend. And if you continue to act like this, and people like, if, if Rowan Dean, if he was a friend of the Jewish people, would say, Hang on a second. Let this guy speak. He's a lunatic. Everyone's going to see he's a lunatic. Let it die. Mm-hmm. You give this thing a second life when you put put people on the ground. See what happens when Alex Jones went uh, got taken off YouTube. Or Miley Yiannopoulos. Miley Yiannopoulos. They get uh, in the only platforms where they're allowed. They get absolutely pumped full of ratings. Okay. They never mm-hmm. sell more stuff than when they get uh, the, when they get banned from one of the stations. Do your homework. Free speech is not just for you when you feel like it, and when you feel like all oh, the white guys being oppressed. Whatever, dude. I don't take what you say seriously now. Um, you've sold out. Mm. Go to buggery, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, Get out. while Alex was giving you serious spiel on the jury, um, I smiled not because of any of the content, but because our lovely dog pranced up. And I don't know if she made it into the camera, um, but no, I also agree with Alex. It's a serious question on the Jews. I just didn't want those things to be conflated. Sure. Um, um, it's a now, beautiful So thing, let's consider we've got the triple threat beta male nomination we've got jussie smollett and we've got Mr. john blake we've got john blake now sure, the sure. only reason why we might give it to um rowan dean and co is because they used to be on the right team and then they sold out to the wrong team jussie smollett is in all types of trouble he should be given beta male of the universe um, and our friend Blake is just a regular beta. So I think it's between Smollett and the, the uh, and Coleman and Sky and News. The triumvirate, the third triumvirate. I think it's going to go to The sellout just, triumvirate. Just me. Any votes for just? The reason why the, the Dean one is so bad is because um, at least the people who are real, real against free speech don't pretend they're for free, free speech. You know, yeah, it's you, a real. You can it's a real. Where they're at. It's a Brutus Julius Caesar type of betrayal. This one, and it kind of stings a little bit. I've seen. I saw it a little bit with Jordan Peterson. It really mm-hmm. does hurt. Um, but I think Jesse Smollett only because of the scale, and because of the extent to which he went um, with his Trump derangement syndrome. Lock him up. Lock him up. He's a racist. I don't know why people are hesitant to use the word of racist against him. Yeah, now it might be because of this 
pseudoscientific social <coughs> sociology idea that you can't be racist to white people. It's absolute BS. You absolutely can. Uh, and Jussie Smollett has been racist to white people in this last week. I don't think he's racist I, as much as I just think he's just such a low IQ individual. He's a low IQ he's individual. A, he's a low IQ individual. I'm I'm happy for it to go to Jesse. Jesse deserves, I'd say, throw the kitchen sink at him. I hope it's not just class four felony charges. I hope it's... It's one to three years jail time, I think. He won't serve anything if it's one to three. Um Particularly the L, like if he, if he gets charged in LA, which I think, or Chicago, their prison is so overrun, he'll get he'll get a six month good behaviour bond or something like that. Um, but he's just a resident lunatic. I wish he would get the same thing that he argued the white people should get. I wish that's what he. Did. Oh yeah, I yeah I reckon they should treat it as if he actually performed the assault that they, because yeah. that's the same thing. Yeah. Hey, could you just imagine though if you know two white guys happened to get prosecuted for that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he put put Bella outside. Great. Um, He's our biggest fan of the show. Biggest fan, consistent fan, consistent listener. Great feedback. I don't know how much. No negative comments. Pretty dopey dog, but she's very soft and very fluffy. (laughs) Very affectionate. Super affectionate. Now we get to awful guard dog. Awful guard dog. We get to uh, the final segment. Which is where Andos this gets is, to shine. This is my, my, my favourite bits of the show is we get through all the hard stuff when Andos gets to let rip into someone, particularly this guy. Because <laughs> it's not the first time this guy Hold gets on. a touch-up. I think, from, I think well, this guy's this, coming in at the end of the Oh, he's report. coming in at the end. Okay. So, Andos, give ta- us the lowdown on the sports report. Because the Tristan Thompson does tie well into the jump into conclusions, Andy. So, we'll do, that. we'll do that at the end. Do that at the end. But I'll go through. We've got three, three stories as part of the sport report. The first of which being Zion Williamson, the uh, number one ranked college basketball prospect. Blow out, blew out awesome. his shoe. His shoe broke. His shoe machine broke. <laughs> his Nike PG 2.5s broke 33 seconds into the biggest college game of the year thus far, Duke versus North Carolina. Oh, it's always the biggest game of the year. Always. always. Biggest ri- it could be the biggest rivalry in sports. It is. Uh, big call. Who's bigger? Big call. I mean, Real Madrid-Barcelona. That's bigger. I'm not sure what what you're trying to... What you're trying to How many Eagles versus the Bulldogs? How many Eagles versus West Tigers? Circa 2009, packed out Instead Stadium. I think it was round 25 or something like that. Massive. Massive. Mm-hmm. But, um, 80,000 packed in Asia. So, what a game. So, yeah. Huge so, unfortunate, we hope. I think it's just a grade one sprain. So, it was just like the, the what do you call it? The, the seams busted out and his foot well, came no, out and he rolled his ankle. The foot came out of the bottom of the shoe. The shoe split his shoe, his foot came out and he sprained his knee. Now, two interesting <laughs> details on that. The first, <laughs> the first is that Barack Obama was watching this game. Uh, and right after what Zion's shoe broke, the cameras panned to Barack Obama and then zoomed in on him, and you see him saying the words, his shoe broke. Now, so, that's bad news for Nike, which is compounded horrendous. by the advertisement, which was uh, you know, showcasing Zion Williams' greatness, and they said it's all about the shoe or something like that. That was their catchphrase, it's all in the shoe, and his shoe busted. I haven't seen that. Adversely. I haven't seen that. Um, the, the thing I saw saw <laughs> like that was um, I think it was Skip Bayless said um, he's my man. What Skip. like what? Not even the shoe can contain him, or <laughs> something something along the lines where the shoe company that gets him will have such a good like 
and an ability to sell the shoe because they're like, yeah, our shoe can contain Zion, this 130-kilo, 6'7 kid with these hops. Our shoe can contain him. So I think that's, um, that's huge. Nike's stocks went down 1.5%. What's that dollar value? Because they got a mark, they got a pretty it big was, market cap. It would have been. I don't think it was like it was like. Oh no, no, I mean more than a billion dollars. It was um the, the, the I think the share price went down ninety cents, um from its like eighty something uh, from whatever it was. It went what, down. He's a big player, Zion Williamson. Mm. Big he, player, Zion Williamson. He's huge. Yeah, I I, don't, I think he's going to be a bust at the next level. Okay, I also don't think I don't think he's going to go number one overall. He shouldn't. I think it'll be one. RJ Barrett. Uh, Cam Reddish yeah, Cam Reddish or what's his name Raj Moran Ja Moran you two just try to be indie basketball analysts when you just try to let me pick the alternative okay, you choice you're six, 6 with a big caboodle like that Zion Williamson what's he gonna play? is going to be transcendent what's he going to play the 4 playing the 4 6 6 playing the 4 6 7 he's going to be 4 inches shorter than every other PJ Tucker plays the four. And he's not Draymond Green's about six seven plays the four. He's a scrub, so you've listed two scrubs. <laughs> listed two trash. Two uh, trash players who wouldn't get minutes on the Knicks. <laughs> they get minutes on the uh, Yeah, both second round draft picks. They're both late second round picks. And You're not seeing good precedent. This is the endorsers Max Kellerman approach yeah. <laughs> Zion Williamson. We've never seen something quite like that. We did, saw Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley was the same type of he's player. He's Charles Barkley, except with the bronze but vision. How come? The bounce of, like, MJ. But how's he going to play if he can't wear any shoes? Well, the thing is, right, most most NBA players change their shoes, like, every two or three games, right? Um, we're not sure how long Zion did because they, like, changed his shoes. But he would need to be changing his shoes every night just because of the sheer explosion that comes through them every time he takes the ball up. I think... Oh, dude. You are. This, you're such a hype beast. He you, is. You, this, you and your LeBron bandwagon followers who just follow LeBron wherever he goes and say, this kid's the next LeBron. He's just. I look, he's that. good. He, he hasn't done anything outrageous where you go, yeah, next level, he's going to be able to. He's been bullying kids on his athleticism. He doesn't actually have that refined game. Averaging 22 and 10 in the NCAA. Right. Dude, he's going to find out next year. Look, Luka Doncic is my man. Miss me with this Zion Williamson hype. Oh, okay. Andos, you got to take one. Look, I reckon Luca Zion, or Zion. Zion, take Luca. Zion's not even <laughs> as good as Trey Young, I think. Trae Young okay, well, this is getting out of hand. Let's move on. I'm getting offended. Zion's not even as good as Mo Bamba. I'm intrigued by this. Second, uh, number two. This number is a big story. This and also big. politically related. Sports and politics. There's also, no potentially a shout-out on this. I'm happy to give... You want to give a shout-out on I'm gonna, this? I'm going to put my, my shout-out... Shout out. You're going to take any segment right now? No, I'm just going to give a shout out to the Espresso Martini. There we go. Espresso Martini, Martina Navridilova, who has been slammed, taken through the cleaners as a result of her transphobic comments. Um, Mm -hmm. So an LGBT group, Athlete athlete Ally, which she was an ambassador for and was on their board, has cut ties with her. Because she herself is a lesbian. She herself is lesbian. So she's on the LGBT group. Yeah, so she, and in like the 80s when she was playing, she experienced um, some abuse as a result of her sexuality. And she won like 16 or 17 Grand Slam titles. She's, she was a beast. She was, she's beast. legit. She's Le- legit. Mm. So uh, she said it was a form of cheating for transgender women to be allowed to compete in women's sport. Define transgender woman, Andos. That was, uh, that's a person who was previously a man. Previously a man, now identifies as a woman. Do they have to have all the organs? And genitalia? Well, I don't 
think so. No, which is... I think the rules are in these commissions that you just have to have a level of testosterone As... for a year prior to competing. Yeah. But, you know, if you've grown up with the amount of testosterone which influences your musculature, your bone density, you know, your, uh, your weight... Just a quick by the by. Did you know that the um, the guys at BuzzFeed, the, the male journalists at BuzzFeed, took a testosterone test? They'll have hardly any testosterone. It's like a quarter of the level of the national average. So it's all. It's, all it's actually all soy milk, and that's that's a fact. I know it, uh, Ellie will um, hates it when I say that the soy milk is to blame for all the betas, but it is. <laughs> the it's the soy milk. Soy boys, get off it! If you're drinking soy, it's bad for you. <laughs> It's so, the flu right in the water as well. It's turning the frogs <laughs> gay. Make frogs straight again. So uh, she wrote in the Sunday Times that it was insane that transgender athletes who decided to become female had achieved honours that were beyond their capabilities as men. Uh, her recent comment... Uh, so Athlete Ally said in a statement that her recent comments on trans athletes are transphobic based on a false understanding of science and data mm. and perpetuate dangerous myths mm. that lead to the ongoing targeting of trans people. Trans women are women, period. They do not decide their gender identity any more than someone decides to be gay or to have blue eyes. That's, a, fo- that. that's a dumb example. It's that's dumb. a dumb example. The gay, the gay one, it's like... Uh, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos says the data suggests that it's 50% nature, 50% nurture. He says the data suggests it's 50-50. On what? On whether a gay's uh, born gay or choose to be gay. That's what he says. Now, I, I obviously, I'm not an expert, but I just think if it is a questionable um, claim, I don't know why you'd be using that to be an example. Mm. So, Navratilova... I doubt it. I feel like gay people are probably gay the same way I'm hetero. That's what I feel like. That's what I generally feel like. Yeah, look, I, I look, I lean towards it, but I, I'm saying if Milo is saying that the data suggests that there's a possibility, mm. I mean, who knows? That's the thing. Who knows? But um, um this is what this is. Sorry, dude, should I cut you off there? No, you can go. So this is Send where my, my, my pace. becomes my woman crush Wednesday, except it's a Saturday, so that's a little bit controversial. But she said, you can't just proclaim yourself a female and able and be able to compete against women. There must be some standards, and having a penis and competing as a woman would not fit that. She also went on to say that she refused, uh, rejected the accusations of transphobia and added that what seems to be a growing tendency amongst transgender activists to denounce anyone who argues against them and to label them all as transphobes. Sure. I mean, last week, I think I mentioned, um, maybe the week before, how the female athletes would go if you put them in, in the ring with Brock Lesnar after one year of testosterone therapy. I mean, it can get dangerous. I mean, when you're talking sports, and you're talking anything physical contact, if you're talking like boxing, mixed martial arts, you're even talking rugby. I mean, let's, you know, let's go and take Israel Folau and put him on testosterone reduction pills for a year. See how dangerous that's gonna be for the women. There'll be women bodies strewn over the rugby pitch. Okay, and at some point, common sense has to take over that says uh, we actually have to protect uh, the women. And a lot of the women are complaining. Like we see this in um, not only non-contact sports, but it's dangerous. You know, you see women competing in like amateur boxing or even professional boxing, um, where there are rules for you know transgender uh, women to compete. It's dangerous. It's just so stupid. It's so stupid, and this is. Um 
there's been cases, several cases, where um, men have transitioned into women and then competed in MMA. Um, mm. And just beat and just living beaten the lights daylight. out of these girls. And, and not only this, the, 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 and you have a problem with like the records, for example. Mm. And you have situations where, let's just say that there are a certain a limited number of spots on the team. You have these girls who have just busted their ass, worked so hard to try and make this team, like an Olympic team or something like that. And then the guy who comes in, who couldn't make it in the men's, couldn't make it in the men's, transitions into women, decides he's going to go into powerlifting or he's going to go into something like that, or like sprinting or, or running sprinting or, or running or something like that, and just starts dominating. And then the women are the ones who are worse off than me because mm. of this. It's not the guys. Mm. It's the women who are suffering. And these people need to pull their head out and actually, like, the feminists need to be saying, no, 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 no. this isn't how it's going to go. We're going to separate ourselves from this, this, the T in LGBT um, in this respect and, uh, because those are totally antithesis positions. You cannot hold the position that mm-hmm. uh, we're for uh, equality, but also, yeah, we don't mind men coming across and just mm. whooping up. Mm. Mm. Particularly in the tennis. Yeah, Navrata Lova said that Maybe she I would not be... Maybe I five sets. Mm, maybe Martina said she okay. would not be happy. Final story related to sports. This is more of a social media story involving a sports star. Yeah, so this is... The second feature of... Uh... Hey, don't take your segment. Gee whiz, I've got one job on this show. <laughs> and you two come in and try to steal it away from me. It's to wear that slick shirt you got on. It's very slick. Slicko mode. We, we've all gone slicko stripey times, so happy about that. You should see dudes' jeans, they are. But um, moving on because we are dribbling. Uh, <laughs> the Tristan Thompson and Jordan Woods cheating saga. Tristan Thompson busted custard for the second time, right? So he was caught in the first time cheating on Chloe Kardashian. They decided that um, where's he? Where's he gone off to? <laughs> Who knows? But they decided, you know what? We've just had our, 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 our kid, so we're going to just give it a go, right? Tristan Thompson has been caught going out with the friend, best friend of the family, Jordan Woods, who is Kylie Jenner's gal pal, BFF, babysitter of Stormy. Um, and they've been caught doing the willy-nilly, the horizontal monkey dance. With the horizontal salsa. The takes two to tango. We both know that. And With, uh, horizontal diplomacy. For <laughs> the international language. And as a result of this, Jordan Woods has been kicked out of the of Kylie's house. She's going to have all her crap taken away from her. Getting cut off. Getting cut off. Um, I'll refer to you to the uh, chicks in the office, Barstool Sports breakdown of it. Quite funny. Um, that she's just blown away her whole life for a little bit of Tristan Thompson action which is really controversial because Tristan once again proving the Kardashian curse is real he's turned into hot garbage and it's the second time he has been doing the monkey dance that we know of that we know of that we know of that we know of can't keep his hands out the cookie jar it was a big cookie wasn't it but then Jordan Woods the cookie monster Jordan Woods is going to lose all the clout in the world just for a little bit of Tristan Thompson. Just it's got to be the worst career decision. Yeah, I Woods. mean... Now, that being said, if it pushes Tristan away from the Kardashians, it may be the best move for the Cavs. But, 
But that being said, the Cavs owners would love it. I wouldn't be. Maybe there was some a little bit of action from the Cavs GM, but Jordan, Payne Jordan, but put the move on. He is tied in with the Kardashians as a result of his child. He does have a kid. It does complicate things. That's true. True Thompson. Is that his name? True. Well, I actually don't know the gender of the child, but could be a girl. Could be a girl. Who knows though? We're not labelling. We're not putting labels on it. <laughs> Can't assume. Well, I don't think that the baby's old enough to decide yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's obviously not. It's definitely not. not old enough to give you consent to change its nappies. That's one good one I've heard. Um, Gavin McInnes actually had an interesting one take on that. Gavin McInnes said, because was, that was by an ABC journalist, surprise, surprise, um, talking about whether or not babies. Uh, like toddlers, you have to ask to change their nappies and stuff like that. He said, well, yeah, it's good to build up, however, the idea that kids can say no um, and that they have a choice in things like, you know, when people say, oh, come and give me a kiss on the cheek, you know, that kids can say no, whatever. So he said, <laughs> yeah, look, it's a ridiculous example, but the kind of the broader point is semi-accurate. I'm mixed. But I mean, we don't want kids going around with crappy nappies, do we? Fair choice. But, um, okay, I think we're done with this Tristan Thompson. Quite funny. Okay. Dukes, have you got time Tristan. to say that? Or? Now, one more tiny shout-out before we go to Jumping to Conclusions finale for this episode. <laughs> and um, <laughs> The segue was perfect. Now, we did, we did talk about, um, you know, sport. this is a sports-related shout-out. Um, first little charity shout-out we've done on the show. Um, I found out about this outside Coles. In Epping, there's a nice girl selling um, pins and scratchies are what they are. If you're into scratchies and pins, this is for you. Basically what it is, is it's for uh, the Paralympians uh, going to the Paralympics in 2020. Um, they need some extra money for like hotels, transport equipment, yep. blah, blah, blah. Um, we particularly like Paralympians because they've obviously uh, had a they disability. They didn't stay down in the dumps. They didn't hate life. They didn't embrace, you know, full victimhood narrative, which would be easy to do. They instead decided to go and do something cool, something creative. Uh, they put in the hard work. And if you want to go and put some money towards them going to the 2020 Paralympics, you can go to paralympic.org.au, uh, I think. Uh, give them some money, get a scratchy, get a pin, um, you know. Love that. We love that. And I just think, you know, we, we often uh, talk about beta male of the week and say, well, what is the beta male? Okay, and I think we've, we've kind of jumped it, but we haven't really defined what the beta male is. In my, in my estimation, the beta male is, is someone who doesn't take responsibility for their actions. A, a male or someone who takes responsibility for themselves and the choices that they make, um, stands, stands upright with their shoulders back and says, yeah, I am responsible for myself. I think that's an alpha male. It's when people deflect responsibility and choose to blame everyone else for the, for the circumstances in their life, which you become a beta male. And in every single situation we've seen, um, there is inherent in uh, what these guys are saying uh, an assumption of it's not my responsibility. Would that be a fair characterization? Sure, I think that's a start. That's a start. There are obviously that's a start. nuances, mm-hmm. but I think that's kind of the basis. Mm-hmm. I um, like it. 
Now, shall we finish up? Andos has got to We started off the segment with jumping to conclusions. We had a questioning if Blu-ray was a thing or was ever a thing. <laughs> what do we have from Alex? Do you remember? No. We don't remember from Alex, but we do remember that Andy got nominated. Oh, I said the RBA needs you to go. You said the RBA needs to go. Um, Andos. The Kardashian curse could be scientific. Well, it's good. It's related to what we talked about today. Tristan Thompson. Now, for Kardashian Why don't you let him finish? Yeah. Uh, it's a good idea, though. I'll define, I'll tell everybody what the Kardashian curse is. I think that's where you were headed. Am I right? Before I was cut off. Before you were cut off. Um, let him finish. The Kardashian curse is a curse that happens to sports stars, celebrities, who just whoever gets involved uh, romantically with a Kardashian, where they end up being just hot trash as a result of it. Well, just much worse off at whatever they were good at or yeah. famous for before they got in the relationship. Yeah. So we see. Uh, Lamar Odom that's probably the most prolific example of that very sad case of Lamar Odom mm-hmm. was a fringe all star he, he could legit ball that guy could actually ball and then uh, Kobe Bryant teammate our favourite K-Hump Chris Humphreys fell victim to it uh-huh. well he got married to Kim Kardashian Lamar Odom was married to Chloe. Mm-hmm. I believe the uh, the Kim. hump was the 40 day marriage or 60 day marriage something ridiculous yeah, he was 71 maybe but yeah, it's it wasn't wasn't impressive. It wasn't an impressive marriage. Um, but I think that if you have a look at the effect that the clout that comes with coming from a Kardashian and the effect of the fandom as a result of it, I think the effect that has on the brain um, results in uh, less productivity in the things that you're supposed to be productive at. Um, I think the probably the endorphins released and the just emotions you experience as a result of the fandom that comes with it, the constant pressure upon you, and the eyes watching you as a result of you becoming um, a Kardashian, of you becoming a Kardashian essentially, um, is that detrimental? Um, and that I think you could probably prove um, with the effects it has on the brain that the Kardashian curse is real. Okay, now, can we have some more examples besides Lamar Odom and uh, Chris Humphreys? Well, Tristan Thompson, for one, uh, becomes Tristan hot Thompson, crap. obviously. Hot trash. Now, the, I think the, only, the one I'd say that is almost an exemption, I'd say, is Kanye. Even though Kanye... Kanye's gotten, gotten hot. His album was, was hot. He does. He does about not also, I would say Scott Disick, Lord Disick. Shout out there. What a boss. Disick is a bit of a boss. Um, now, Ben Simmons, this is pretty funny, plays for the Philadelphia basketball team called the Philadelphia 76ers. And because the 76ers fans are so scared that Ben is going to start playing like trash, they signed petitions. They've got, I think, quite a few thousand signatures to prevent Kendall Jenner, who's a member of the Kardashian family, to stop coming to the games. They tried <laughs> to start a petition so that they just she just wouldn't be allowed in the building. While he plays, obviously, there's the question of whether uh, the Kendall classifies as a legitimate Kardashian. Yeah, the Kylie and Kendall definitely do. Chris does, especially. Um, ben Simmons confirmed cuckold. He's an absolute cuck. He uh, here we go. 
best Australian basketball is now a cock. He is. Six foot eight. Kendall's cheated on him at least two times. I've heard Ben's been. Serious? I've heard Ben's been making yeah. the rounds as well, though. I think they no, both have. But, but we don't know if they're actually boyfriend and girlfriend. They might just be dating. Well, Seems but when so they were dating, Kendall was caught boyfriend and girlfriend making now. out with Bella and Gigi Hadid's brother so, Anwar. 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 Sinking buckets. <laughs> the fa- plus the foul and one. Mm. He's completely. They, he Brad Stevens, uh, Ben Simmons, and then he completely shut him down. Made him absolutely useless. Did Brad Stevens do the Celtics do that? To the, in the playoff series, they made him made absolutely. They, they what they did was they put our whole for him in, on him, but camped him in the paint so that Ben Simmons <laughs> had no driving lanes, and since he can't shoot it. Uh, was completely yeah. Okay. So Kardashian curse. I think it's real. I think yeah, it is real. real. <laughs> um, I would say Scott Disick and, and Yeah are obviously the two guys who are the exemptions, but obviously the tragic case of Lamar Odom is a pretty big hit. But I think yeah. I think as well. It's a bit of a train wreck. Scott, it's tough to ignore. Scotty Disick and Yeah were also so established in their own fields. Um, what was Scott before he married? Just a big baller. <laughs> big I baller. I think Kardashians made him I way more so. popular. What was he but doing he still would have had him. But he said he was way more established and you don't know what he's doing. Yeah, but he's just you famous for being doing. rich. I don't know what he's yeah, actually... Yeah, was he that rich before he married Courtney? I don't know. I, I don't think they ever got married. Are you telling me that Scott Disick wasn't uber-loaded before he got with Courtney? You're saying he didn't have the nearly the same amount of clout. Well, but I'm saying that regardless, you wouldn't know because you haven't done the research Well, on Scott. I wouldn't know because I would have been about seven. So why don't you come out and make these wild claims then? Because Scotty Disick well is the lord. The lord, the BDE that that man possesses is off the charts. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. We are. Or are going to keep making unsubstantiated claims? It is called jumping to conclusions in fairness, so I'm not going to go all in on Endos. And also it's completely impromptu. Go get Let's your, not um, pretend like Dougal had a Paralympics.org.au Blu-rays is the Blu-rays not a thing. I go to JB Hi-Fi and now I think that Blu-rays not a thing. Oh, one more <laughs> last uh, knock before we go. Super dissatisfied with JB service this week. Oh, we remember back to episode one. We love JB over EB Games. Um, JB went to JB to Parramatta to buy this camera that we're now filming with. They were out of, They had one there. They said, look, mate, we only got one, except we're putting it on display. We can't sell it to you. So even though we're displaying it, <coughs> like we've actually got it, we can't sell it to you. They said, look, go to Maryland. It's a 10-minute drive. They have two there. So go to Maryland. Say day. Heard you got the camera here, mate. Came from Parramatta. Yeah, sweet, mate. I'll check if we got any. Yeah, mate, we do have two cameras, except they're both on display, uh, so we can't sell any of them to you. Um, what are you doing? You've got two on display. You can't sell me any. Then I had to go back to Parramatta, went to a camera shop in Parramatta, uh, who sorted me out. Um, Do you want to give a shout out to that camera store? Well, I would, but I don't know the name. Also, oh, what is it? Uh, camera World or Digi World or something like that? Well, we're going to give a shout out to the wrong company if we're just yeah going out like this. But I did. I, I did, This might be telling for. Who puts two displays in the same camera? It's stupid. That's rogue. But I heard why a called Tom Sard's Camera House in Parramatta. Great service, yeah, absolutely great. Do you reckon you paid more? No, exactly the same as what it was at JB. Wow, well that's great. Big shout out to Tommy Sard. Little man, giving it to the big guys. Also, JB Hi-Fi's. I was enlightened as to why EB's prices are higher than uh, than JB's by my credit bill. No, because what they do is they have more stock than JB. So when JB runs out, then they lower the prices. It's just, it's no, a stupid. No, they more. come out lower. They come out lower in JB uh, on release date and they stay lower. 
but they run out of stock, so people are forced to go to EB Games. Are you saying that they're running some type that's of what, That's from the, the mouth of someone who works at EB Games. Okay, well... So, say that again. So, so, the, so the reason why JB has lower prices is because they've got less stock. <laughs> <laughs> no, they Does run they, out do... of stock, which means that EB capitalises when JB... But you go into JB and they have all the games all you the want. Games. Look, this isn't... I'm not saying that it's a smart business model. It is from someone from EB. Yeah, yes. well, I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, EB, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm they're, not buying it. And you know what? That's a bad showing from EB. Now, it could be just Andy relaying the information poorly. That's but, a <laughs> strong possibility. But if it is, in fact, what the EB position is, that makes me further entrenched in my position. I'm firmly in the JB Hi-Fi camp. Uh, EB can go suck eggs. <laughs> they can go take a nice long walk off a short pier, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we're going to end the show. I think with that lovely imagery from Alexander Robert James. Uh, Not as lovely as the image of you in that shirt, Andos. <laughs> Looking great, mate. You're looking slick. Uh, big big shout out to Andos for backing up. He's got whooped today in basketball, and he's also a little bit under the weather. So super under the weather, actually. Came out, super. performed, got a few buckets, put some points on the board. Did he score in the podcast? The in the podcast, he didn't play. Today, did he? I did. I played about 25 minutes. So. You did, mate. <laughs> See, did you get any points? No, I didn't get any points. I was... Okay. Well, that's I'm, I'm too insecure to talk about my basketball game. It still stinks. It really does stink. Getting whooped by 40 by a team that's not better than you by 40 points. Okay. All right. We will uh, console Andy and we will edit this podcast. <laughs> and we will see you sometime next week. See you later. See you later. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. <laughs>